We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. To the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. You can download it today at nohalftime.com. Nick Whalen here, joined as I always am on Fridays by the great Chris Benzine. Chris, it is Friday, October 30th, week eight in the NFL, fast approaching almost the halfway point. Uh, obviously, with 17 weeks in the NFL, there is no true halfway point, but we're about as close as can get. Uh, we're going to go through all of our top value plays at the skill positions, QB, running back, tight end, and wide receiver. Uh, a lot to get to this week. We get some teams back from by Denver, Cincinnati, Green Bay. We're all on by last week. So quite a few guys uh, you know, that have been of use in daily lineups now are back in the pool. The four teams that we have on by this week in week eight, the Bills and the Jags, of course, they were the London matchup last week. So they get that. Uh, that buy coming off of a long trip and then the Eagles and the Redskins out of the NFC East so those four teams are off obviously they're all excluded from daily contest 
Before we get into the value plays, Chris, it is Halloween Eve. Uh, obviously, us being based here in Madison, Wisconsin, there's a huge Halloween festival. It's called Freak Fest uh, on State Street, kind of right in the heart of the city each year. I've never actually been to Freak Fest, despite going to school here for four years. Um, just never really struck my fancy, I guess. It's more of a, you know, everything gets so crowded on State Street. All the bars are packed. Have you ever been to Freak Fest? No, I haven't been there either. Definitely gets pretty crazy downtown during this time but uh i haven't actually gone to it i, I know there's plenty of people that do now it's the scene of it's changed actually over the last couple of years it's more of a music thing now rather than what it used to be right it's definitely more a little more tame than it used to be around here mm-hmm. but uh still a fun time i think down in the area down it's halloween so yeah, yeah, definitely a lot going on. I was, nobody in the Roto office is dressed up today. I don't know. I guess I didn't really expect it, but I think a lot of people uh, you know, have their office work days with Halloween uh, falling on a Saturday this week. Are you dressing up at all this weekend? Do you have any Halloween plans? I uh, don't think I'm going to dress up, but I'm probably going to go and hang out with some friends somewhere and do, so, do something like that. Uh, just, uh, you know, just a Halloween fun get-together, but uh, what about you? I, well... I'm probably going to end up going to Freak Fest. I have a couple friends coming to town this weekend, and you know, that's the problem with, with people coming to town, especially on Halloween, is everybody expects this you know, big, crazy party atmosphere, and I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm kind of a cop-out, and I'll admit it. When it comes to, to costumes, I don't really get too into Halloween and you know, masks and face paint and things like that, so I think I'm going to you know, stay close to home and do what I've done for pretty much every year that I can remember and, and go as Tracy McGrady. Uh, so I think I have the... If there's anyone out there who's dressed up as Tracy McGrady more than me, I would like to meet them. Um, but I do have the full, you know, Tracy McGrady Raptors shirts and shirt, excuse me, shorts and jersey combo. So, you know, I'm sure I'll get plenty of, oh, that's not a real costume. And even though it probably isn't, uh, it's close enough. And I think it'll get the job done. Let's get into our week eight value plays. We'll start, of course, with the quarterback position. Taking a look at some of the guys, if you're willing to pay up at quarterback, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of strategies you can use. Some people will kind of punt the quarterback position, maybe take a chance on a lower end guy and spend elsewhere. But if you're looking to spend up on quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, the most expensive this week at 7,500, but he goes against that really, really good Denver defense. Chris, do you like Aaron Rodgers coming off the bye? Uh, I think I might end up avoiding Aaron Rodgers this week just a bit because of the fact that he's going against that Denver defense and that thin air in Denver there. He's, there's still some question marks to receiver despite coming off the bye week. Uh, the Packers are generally really good off their bye week, so that definitely bodes well. But the fact I wouldn't be surprised. Like The Denver defense has allowed the least yards per game through the air this season, 192.2 yards per game passing. It's the least in the league. And it's just... It's a matchup, you, especially at that price around there. There's other options that you could go with, I think, that will be a better value for the money you're paying at that position. Um, you know, Some of those values, Andrew Luck at 7,400. There, He's at Carolina. They're still undefeated. Matt Ryan home against Tampa Bay at 7,100. And then Carson Palmer at Cleveland at 7,000. Matt Ryan and Carson Palmer especially stand out to me just because of those matchups at Tampa Bay defense. You know, we saw get... I guess you could say shredded by, by Blake Bortles a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously, the Arizona offense has, has been as good as any through this point in the season, and that Cleveland defense still a little bit sketchy. Uh, do, you, do you really favor Ryan or, or Palmer in either of these matchups? Uh, maybe Ryan a little bit because that game's at home. helps a little bit, too. And, uh, and he's, I mean, the t- Tampa Bay defense has been pretty terrible this season, and Cleveland's hasn't been great either, but they've been a little better than Tampa's, and just having that at home in the dome there in Atlanta there in Atlanta and uh he's got Julio Jones healthy he's got some weapons there obviously Carson Palmer does too but 
Matt Ryan just seems to me they're they're both similarly 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 priced at uh, seventy one hundred for Matt Ryan, seven thousand for Carson Palmer. So there's not really much of a difference there. I mean, if you if you have to go down, I don't think it'll be too much of a drop off between the two. But I, I think I would favor Matt Ryan of, if I'm going to go with one of those two quarterbacks this week. Yeah, I'm looking for a bounce back game from Matt Ryan. You know, two weeks ago they lose on a short week at New Orleans, very disappointing game for that offense, and then they only scored ten points against Zach Mettenberger and the Titans last week. I think coming back home in the dome, uh, getting that bad Tampa Bay defense could bode well for Matt Ryan. Looking now more into the mid range guys, um, you know, kind of the the six thousand to seven thousand type of range. Quite a few. Uh, big name options in that range this week. Big Ben uh, coming back from injury. Uh, they host a, you know, he's coming back at maybe the biggest game of the season for Pittsburgh. Uh, they host Cincinnati. Of course, they're undefeated coming off of a bye. How do you like Big Ben in this first game back? I'm not sure. I mean, that Cincinnati defense is a little tough. It is at home. So I, I think I might avoid Big Ben this week. Is who, you don't know. He always comes back. He pushes his injuries sometimes, and he'll come back before he's even fully healthy. So I don't know how healthy he's actually going to be when he's back, but I, I think there's just some other options around that same price range that I would go with over Big Ben. He's a guy, I mean, like you said, he's coming back from injury. I just And then Cincinnati defense is good. Game's at home, but uh, I think I would just avoid him and go with some, instead some other options around that same price tag. I mean, Big Ben has definitely been good, and they... They they still have, but they do have like Le'Veon Bell. They can rely on him on the ground if they if they have that option. Obviously, you're trying to avoid, like if they end up getting behind on them, they'll have to pass. And Big Ben's not afraid to pass. He's he's definitely. I mean, they've been a pass oriented offense, but having uh, Le'Veon Bell back there, they they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they still use Ben, but not as much as they would when he's fully healthy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Pittsburgh game plans for Cincinnati. I think. The Bengals are kind of knocking on that door into you know breaking into the first tier up there with New England and, and probably Green Bay. Some people might even throw Denver, Carolina in there. You know everybody's so skeptical about Cincinnati. You know a team that hasn't had a lot of historical success. You know they've been consistently very good to pretty good under Marvin Lewis. Obviously haven't done much in the playoffs. And this might be the year, and you know this is a huge game for them as well. I mean Pittsburgh obviously is a completely different team when Big Ben is there. You just talked about the weapons they have and Le'Veon Bell, the receivers on the outside. Big Ben hasn't played with Martavis Bryant yet this year, and he was obviously kind of carrying that offense when Landry Jones was at the helm over the last two weeks. So, you know, a, a huge repertoire of weapons around Big Ben. I think that's that's really what there is to like there. But at the same time, like you said, coming off of what was a pretty serious injury, you might want to give him a week, especially against what's a really tough matchup in Cincinnati. Cam Newton's at 6800 so $100 more than Big Ben. Phillip Rivers at 6600 and Eli Manning also at 6600 Which of these three guys do you like best? I'm feeling like I would go with either Phillip Rivers or Eli Manning here, but I think I would give a slight edge to Rivers. I mean, that Baltimore defense, that, that offense can't really stay on the field in Baltimore. And Phillip Rivers, they really haven't had much of a running game in San Diego. I mean, uh, they played Danny Woodhead a lot, and Melvin Gordon hasn't been – he's been – hobbled by injury and he also has been a little bit of a disappointment so far through the first part of the season here first half and uh they've really relied more on the passing game and as a result i mean philip rivers a couple weeks ago against green bay he put up i think 65 passes through another 58 last week against oakland i mean he's obviously they were behind and um but he's they, they just have to more rely on the passing game right now because they've been ineffective rushing the ball so and he's been extremely uh extremely effective passing the ball in the last few games and over the course of the season in general actually but 
I mean, he's just he's a guy that you can count on to be throwing the ball a fair amount. And uh, I think he could put up some good numbers against a Baltimore defense that's giving up a lot of points to, to quarterbacks so far this season. Actually, they're worse than the league on DraftKings format. So, I mean, it seems like all signs point to Phillip Rivers having another big day. Yeah, and, you know, San Diego hasn't been shy about letting him kind of sling it around as much as he wants. 50-plus uh, pass attempts in each of his last two games. So we talked about maybe the strategy of punting the quarterback position. And, you know, if you want to spend up at running back, you want to spend up at receiver, um, you can look kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Some guys that are priced right around the floor at 5000 Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys. He's at 5100 The Vikings are at Chicago this week. Bridgewater's coming off of a pretty good game, maybe his best game of the season, 25 of 35, 316 yards and two touchdowns against Detroit last week. Do you like Teddy Bridgewater or would you rather go with one of the other options kind of at that at that bottom price range, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles, uh, or even a guy like Zach Mettenberger who's going to be making his second straight start for the Titans? I think of those guys, I might go with Teddy Bridgewater. He's a guy that... I mean, he's, he's in his second year. He seems to be finally turning the corner. He's got some guy, uh, has a breakout receiver now in Stephon Diggs, a couple guys there to, to go to. And along with you have Adrian Peterson coming out of the backfield to help you in that regard to open up the pass a little bit. And you also have uh, Kyle Rudolph and, of course, their top receiver. Stephon with, Diggs? No, um, who is their other receiver there? Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace? Mike Wallace, yeah. I mean, I guess he hasn't been great this year, unfortunately. But uh, just he's got some weapons around there that are decent. And, and the Bears' defense, again, is expected not great against in general. They have been pretty bad this year overall. And Bridgewater, I mean, he did play on the road last week in Detroit, and this game is in Chicago. So obviously, normally you'd say maybe if it's in Chicago, it's, it's on the road. It's a little bit of an issue. Some teams are not as good on the road. But uh, Bridgewater, seemed, I mean, he had went into Detroit last week and played really well. And I could see them, I could see him having another big week there. I, uh, when you match it with some of the other options, I could see Fitzpatrick being somewhat similar. But I think I would give a slight edge to Fitzpatrick if you, or sorry, to uh, Teddy Bridgewater if you're going to punt the position there. And and that's a guy that, I mean, he's he's a guy that seems to be improving. And I feel like he's a guy that I would go with at quarterback. He's thrown for 250 or more yards in each of the last three games. Obviously, it's a little down, but. He does offer a little bit on the ground from time to time, and he he doesn't seem to throw a ton of interceptions. He's only thrown four, but he has only thrown five touchdowns too, so there's definitely limits. Obviously, there's a reason he's priced at 5,100, but I could see him uh, throwing at least a couple touchdowns again this week against Chicago, which would definitely benefit you if you are taking um, if you're if you're deciding to punt the position and spend your money on other positions. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Let's now turn to the running back position. Le'Veon Bell is our top-priced running back in Week 8, and it seems about right considering uh, the production that he's been able to put up week to week. Devontae Freeman just below him at 8000 Arian Foster, priced at $7,500. Obviously, he still remains in the pool. Definitely not going to want to play Arian Foster. Um, If you haven't heard, he's done for the season. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have heard that, but just to to catch all there, do not play Arian Foster. Uh, Chris, kind of looking up and down these these top-tier running backs, maybe you know the 6500 and above guys is there anyone that really stands out kind of looking at these matchups talking 6500 and above i don't i would go with maybe marshawn lynch he seems like a guy going against the dallas defense state marshawn lynch obviously is beast mode he's a guy that uh 
Seattle tends to rely on a lot, and if they can get ahead, I mean, Dallas Dallas's offense has been pretty stagnant without Tony Romo. I believe they're still without Des Bryant again this week, so they're going to be a little shorthanded again, and that game is at home for Dallas. It's in a dome, which actually benefits players in general, but uh, he's... I, I just the Seattle I could see getting ahead in this game and then just pounding the rock in the second half with Marshawn Lynch that defense is could uh hold Dallas's offense to a low amount of points and yards I I just think that the the Seattle could get ahead early in this game and if that's the case they'll try to pound the rock and waste the clock away with Marshawn Lynch and I feel like that would be uh he he's probably the best value play among those guys on, on the top tier and he's actually if we're talking 7000 above he's actually the cheapest of those options if you're looking at him so I feel like he might be the best option to go with if you're looking to spend like in the higher price range at running back. Yeah, another guy that I like in that top price range, Adrian Peterson. Chicago's rush defense hasn't been that bad this year. I mean, they've been a top 10 rushing D um but i still think this is the bears at the end of the day uh, i i don't think this is a very good football team and you know at this point i i, I kind of question what their motivations are you know we saw them trading off a couple of key players early in the season you know kind of wondering if they're maybe looking a little bit more toward the future not to imply of course that they don't want to win games um but I, I think this is a this is kind of could be a breakout game for adrian peterson he had a nice week last week but that was pretty much you know 90 percent of his yardage came on i think it was a 75 yard carry he was knocked out just be, just before the goal line other than that he was pretty much stifled so i think we're kind of due for a big adrian peterson game looking down the list a little bit more I can't believe Todd Gurley is still priced as low as he is. I mean, he's a full $2,000 less than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, he seems to, he's putting up production that would place him among the top running backs in the league for sure. And they just he's steadily rising. But uh, at this point, they're still not willing to put him up among those top-tier priced guys. And you might be able to take advantage of that again. They're at home against San Francisco defense, allowing a lot of, run, allowing a lot of rushing yards and rushing uh, points to, to running backs this season. And uh, I could definitely see the Rams. I mean, neither offense in this game is going to be great, but uh, if I could definitely see the Rams sticking on the ground and going with Todd Gurley in this game. I mean, if they could get ahead in this game, they're at home. San Francisco, I mean, Callan Kaepernick has been terrible this year, atrocious, and St. Louis's uh, defense is pretty good. I could see St. Louis getting ahead again, and I was seeing a heavy dose of Todd Gurley throughout the day, and I feel like he's a very good price there at 6300 when you're looking at among all the all those guys in that in that price range he's probably one of the better options of, at that uh price yeah absolutely I, I think it's just how many weeks are we going to see him at this price probably not too much longer a guy who's just a hundred dollars less than Todd Gurley is Eddie Lacy at 6200 obviously Green Bay was on a bye last week so we didn't get to see them but you know two weeks ago Eddie Lacy I think had what four carries for three yards and it was James Starks uh who got over 100 yards on 10 carries uh obviously that was buoyed by a, a 65 yard touchdown uh but yards are yards really at the end of the day James Starks has been banged up throughout the week Eddie Lacy you know the, thought maybe there was some some lingering issues with that ankle coming off the bye he should be healthy are you expecting you know him to return to his regular workload I would say it's probably seen increased workload for sure from the few weeks assuming he is healthy it seems like he is and the fact that James Starks himself actually seems to be uh he's questionable heading into the weekend so of, with an injury of his own so it's possible that Eddie Lacy especially if James Starks ends up missing the contest Eddie Lacy could be in for a, a big workload like I said before the uh pass the pass game the uh cor- the passing game defense for the Broncos is pretty good 
is best in the league, actually. And so I could see them game planning to to incorporate the run a little more than usual. Rodgers has been at the helm. He's obviously a guy you want to focus passing most of the time on. In, in most games, that's going to be the case. He's going to be their heavy guy, and you're going to see a heavy pass load for him. But uh, I could see them going a little more ground heavy this week with the fact that they're facing that Denver defense. And, uh, and then Eddie Lacy would probably be the biggest beneficiary of that, especially if James Stark ends up missing the game. Yeah, absolutely. So if you look down, um, you know, trying to maybe pick up, if, if you're looking at your second running back slot, you know, maybe you pay up for a guy like Le'Veon Bell, you pay up for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and you, you grab one of the top flight receivers, and all of a sudden you don't have much left. Who are you looking at maybe in like the, the 4,000, the lower 5,000s range, kind of a second tier running back? You know, let, let's look at a guy like, or we'll look at two guys, I guess. Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. Hill's at 5,300, Bernard at 4,800. Last three, four weeks, these guys have pretty much split the workload in Cincinnati. Um, you know, Bernard working a little bit out of the backfield as well as as a pass catcher. Jeremy Hill kind of the same way. It's been a tough backfield to predict, but at the same time, they've both been really productive. Is this a situation where you almost want to maybe roster both of them because they are kind of at these middle prices, or do you kind of want to take your chances with one or the other? I don't know if I would go with both of them because I think one of them, I don't think either of them is going to be like a great option. But I think it, if you're going to go with one of the two, I feel like I would go with Gio Bernard just because he has that ability to catch the ball in the backfield, which Jeremy Hill doesn't do. And Pittsburgh's been pretty good against the rush this year. So if you're going to go with somebody, you should go with somebody that at least has the upside of pass catching the ball out of the backfield. And, and they've obviously, they've both been splitting time at the backfield anyway. So. If you're gonna, and that's an extra point for every reception there. Another guy I like around that range actually is uh, Chris Johnson. He still seems to be getting the heavy workload there in Arizona. He's at 4,600, and he's facing a Cleveland defense that's one of the worst against the rush. So I, if, if he is on the road, but I could see Arizona getting up in that game, and that's the case again, just like the case of the other guys I was talking about. I mean, I could see him getting a heavy workload. It, not as much because they do have some other options that they tend to mix in as well with uh, Andre Ellington and David Johnson who do get a little or a fair share of carries as, as well but Chris Johnson obviously receives the the most of that action there and uh, I could see him having another big week he's also a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield which also benefits daily contests so I could see him being a guy around that price range that's that might be worth paying for especially if you're looking to uh, not pay for actually to to fill in at that roster spot you know you got a little left you right put somebody in that there you're starting your weekly fantasy opponent thinking to yourself i'd love to just challenge one of his players not his entire team but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to do that now you can on the all new no halftime app the no halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams for example you can pit odb against megatron lebron against mellow or trout versus a rod Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges is even easier. No halftime challenges can be private, they can be public, and they can be created for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and real fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone or Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE, that's R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, at sign up. No halftime where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, Chris, let's move on now to the wide receiver position, looking at DraftKings values in advance of week eight. Julio Jones, 
the top guy in terms of salary this week. He's at 9,200, a good 500 ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, who had a little bit of a down week uh, despite Houston chucking the ball around quite a bit. Obviously, they fell behind to Miami at 41 to nothing in the first half. But, uh, you know, Julio Jones, or excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins wasn't really the beneficiary of all those second half throws by Brian Hoyer. Looking at these top flight guys, you know, maybe the, the top eight or nine prices this week, quite a few guys in the, the mid 700s, you know, at 7,800 to 7,600 guys like Larry Fitzgerald, AJ Green, Demarius Thomas, who stands out to you? Maybe two or three guys uh, of this upper tier. One guy that really stands out to me, I, I think just looking back is Antonio Brown being at 7,800, such a cheap price. I obviously said I, I wouldn't go with Ben Roethlisberger this week, but Ben's biggest target usually is Antonio Brown, and he's a guy that's he's at seventy eight hundred, a lot cheaper than some of those uh, top top guys, and uh, he's not dealing with any issues or anything. And he 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 definitely dropped in price because of having Mike Vick and Landry Jones in there at quarterback, and I could see him seeing a big bump again this week and going up and having one of those big breakout games because he has Ben back, and that's the reason why I think he would be a good pick at that price range. Also, I think Julio Jones among the prop, uh, the top guys. Like I said, I, I liked Matt Ryan this week, and I think if he's if there's a wide receiver you can pair with him, uh, Julio Jones would probably be the best option, obviously. And I think he might be worth that 9,200 price tag. And if and uh, if you're trying to use him and and Matt Ryan, you might have to go cheap elsewhere. But like I said, I think Julio Jones might be one of those guys that's worth it. He's he's been extremely effective in the last few games. He he did have a couple uh, he did have a couple down weeks, but last game. Especially, he was back in not, back in top form against Tennessee. Had nine catches for ninety two yards and a touchdown. And he's getting again against a struggling Tampa Bay defense game at home in a dome. I could definitely see that being another big week for Julio Jones, and that's one of the reasons I would target him among those top receivers. And uh, Des Bryant, just on a side note, does look like he's expected to play in that game. He's expected to return, but I'm not touching that. But uh, I'm not going to go with him either, I, I, especially considering he doesn't have Tony Romo under center. Des, but uh, I would like to say he's, he's going to, that he will is expected to turn. I said earlier I thought that he might be out, but uh, he is, from what I'm seeing, it looks like he returned, but who knows how much he's actually going to play, even if he does return. Um, and he's going to have Brandon Wheat, or not Brandon Wheat, Matt Castle under center. So not really much going on there that, that makes you interested, even though he is returning from an injury. Yeah, those are all very good points. Um, like I said, I think I'm going to stay away from Dez. Number one, they're going up against Seattle. Number two, um, you know, maybe coming back kind of on the short end of that timetable. That worries me a little bit. Is he really going to be 100%? How much has he been able to stay in shape with a broken foot? And then he doesn't have Tony Romo. And Matt Castle certainly didn't look great uh, his last time out. And I just don't think this Dallas offense can really be trusted with Matt Castle at the helm. I like Larry Fitzgerald against Cleveland. Uh, I think this Browns team has showed up at times. They've been prone to not showing up as well. And I think this is maybe one of those weeks that they don't show up. What do you think about Amari Cooper? He's going up against the Jets. They are, the Oakland Raiders are at home. Um, I think he's been as good, really, as any rookie wide receiver. Last week, you know, we saw him take off on that screen, just kind of showing another gear that at least I don't remember seeing as often at Alabama. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Cooper this week at 6,700? Yeah, Jeff Kings does generally tend to um, <clears throat> lower their prices based on the matchups and stuff, so they, they take into account all that stuff. And that's the reason that Cooper seems to be still down at 6,700. Uh, I I do like Amari Cooper. I just like him as as a player in general. He's he's a tough guy to go with, especially because he'll probably see a lot of Darrell Revis. You'd think, 
And if that's the case, it's it's going to be tough because you see being on Revis Island generally doesn't bode well for the receiver. But if generally they, not. Yes, and if uh, they decide to, uh, if they decide, I mean, if they're going to get him the ball, it, it might be on some screen. Might have to do some blocking. Might have to. I'm not sure how they would get him the ball, but they're going to try. I think they'll try. He's their best receiver. Uh, there's Michael Crabtree as well on the opposite side. It might be a guy to target if they do end up like if if Revis ends up shutting down Amari Cooper. You have Michael Crabtree on the other side, who's actually been pretty decent as well, and he's at 4,700. So he's a decent guy. He had six catches for 63 and a touchdown himself last week, and he's he's not putting up as big a numbers in general, but he's actually putting up some decent numbers as well. So if there's a guy, I mean. If you're going to choose to avoid Amari Cooper because of your fears of Darrell Revis, Crabtree might be a decent option given that uh, he'll be on the opposite side of that and could be in line for more targets. So I think myself, I might actually avoid him a little bit. I do like Amari Cooper as a receiver in general, but facing Revis Island potentially, I I think I might like uh, Michael Crabtree a little more at 4,700 if I'm going to choose one of those receivers in Oakland Oakland against uh, the Jets this week. How about Stephon Diggs? This is a guy who's turned in three straight weeks of pretty spectacular football, at least six catches in each of the last three games, finally got in the end zone against Detroit on Sunday and was a pretty spectacular diving catch, definitely one of the highlights of the week. But his price is still at 4800 Um you know, probably about as low as we should see it maybe the rest of the season. But, yeah, I don't know if maybe people haven't caught on quite yet to Stephon Diggs, but are you using him at that price? Uh, I definitely would use him at that price. I mean, I'm a believer in him. I, I saw him play at Maryland when he was in college, and I I thought he was a great receiver. He was taken in the fifth round, I believe, or one of the later rounds. He was somebody who's a big-time recruit coming out of high school, never really seemed to be used quite right in, in Randy Edsel's offense, but finally being able to blossom now at the NFL level. Yeah, definitely. He's shown in over the past few weeks he's finally gotten his chance to, to slot into the starting lineup, and he took advantage of it last week, 608 for a touchdown. Like you say, in the last couple of weeks, he's been over 100 yards. Even three weeks or even four weeks ago with the bye week in between, he had six catches for 87. That's really his first breakout game. Then in the bye week, he's been integrated a little more into the offense. And I could see that being the case again, especially against that uh, Chicago defense that's been pretty terrible again. It's not, it's been a little better than expected, I think. A lot of people expected them to be one of the worst period in the league, but they're still. They still haven't been like up to par, up to league average in that. And I, I think Diggs is really the biggest target for Gen- for Teddy Bridgewater right now. He seems to be the guy that Bridgewater trusts the most. And I could see him being in line for another big game against that Chicago defense. You know, usually I'd want to spend a little more time on receivers, but no Jags this week because they're on a bye. So we can't we can't discuss the respective values of Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson, two guys who have been very productive for what's been a bad Jaguars team. But let's move on to the tight end position. Um, you know, I think this might be the first week or maybe the second week that Gronk isn't the number one price tight end, and that's simply because they played on Thursday. Obviously, he had a big game getting over 100 yards and getting into the end zone early in that blowout win over Miami. So no Gronk this week means that our highest-priced tight end is Greg Olson, and it's by a pretty fair margin. He's, he's at 6,500. Um, Carolina plays host to Indianapolis. I believe that's the... Sunday or Monday night? I know it's another night game. So Carolina gets back-to-back home night games, which is kind of cool. Tyler Eifert, the second-priced tight end, he's at 5,300. Jason Witten, 5,200. Jimmy Graham falls all the way down to number four, but still at 5,100. So you're going to have to pay up a bit for him. Who do you like most out of these top-tier tight ends? I mean, I would like to... I'd like Greg Olson, but uh, I think I'm going to go with Eifert this week. I think he's a guy that... he's, He's a hit or miss guy, and I could see this being a hit week for him. 
It's a game, like you said, or like I said, mentioned earlier, Big Ben will be back, so it could be somewhat close between those two games. I would say if it if it was uh, if Ben ended up missing the game, uh, I could see the the Bengals getting ahead pretty early and not looking back, and that would somewhat limit Eifert's value throughout the game. But I could see him with the fact that that Ben's back. I could see this being somewhat of a little bit more of a shootout between the two and a little closer game, and then having to use the passing game still. And I could see Eifert being a big beneficiary of that. I mean, the Pittsburgh secondary, especially against tight ends, has been has struggled a little bit this season. So if if I'm going to go with somebody on that price range, he's a little cheaper too. That helps a little bit. He's 1,200 cheaper than Greg Olson. And among those top tight ends, I feel like he'd be the best option, the guy that I think would ex- could have a chance to explode this week. Yeah, I think that's a, a certainly a great option. Scrolling down a little bit, maybe looking at some of the, the guys who are closer to that 2,500 tight end salary floor. Um, I guess the guy who's really not, not close to the floor, but another uh, top-tier guy, Gary Barnage, still priced. You know, He's the seventh-highest-priced tight end this week. People still kind of being a little bit uh, skeptical of him in that Cleveland offense. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how many more weeks he has to do it before people are going to start catching on. Richard Rodgers, uh, Green Bay going at Denver. I want to get your thoughts. Now, I know you're a big Green Bay guy. Uh, I myself not quite as much. But what are your thoughts on this matchup overall? And then just kind of Richard Rodgers individually and maybe the rest of this Packers receiving core. Are you kind of downgrading them a little bit just because of how good this Denver D has been? Uh, I would downgrade them a little bit. I mean, I still think it's good. There's there's also some question marks in the game with Montgomery and Devontae Adams. But I believe at least a couple of them are supposed to play. I, I think Devontae is supposed to play. And um, I I'd feel like you might downgrade a little bit, but uh, Richard Rodgers is generally one of the, the more um, lower targets in the totem pole there. He's one of the, he's behind, I would say, most of their receivers. So I don't know how much I like him. He hasn't been great on a week to week basis. Every once in a while, he'll, uh, he'll show up for like a touchdown or something. And that's always what you, that's what you kind of got to count on when you're looking at the $3,000 price range at tight end. You're not going to get like a top tier tight end that's getting a lot of targets in general, but you're looking for a guy that could score like Gary Barnage was earlier in the season where he was, he was actually uh, pretty low priced and he was, he was getting in the end zone on a weekly basis. So that's what uh, alerted people. I mean, he did have uh, Rogers did have a couple games where he had six catches for 45 against St. Louis and five for 45 and a touchdown against San Francisco. But if I'm going to go with somebody in the, in the receiving department, I don't know if he'd be a guy I'd go with, even though, I mean, even though it might be tough to pass to some of those receivers because the secondaries for Denver is pretty good. But uh, I, I just don't think he's a guy that I would, target this week especially going against that denver secondary and the linebackers there looking at it straight up from just a win-loss perspective how worried are you uh, that green bay suffers its first loss of the season i'm not extremely worried just because of the fact of who i just don't think peyton manning is more he's just a shell of himself at this point i think and i it's i think that uh it i think that rogers will be able to do enough to solve to solve that secondary enough and the mixture of having Lacey back there and whoever in the back, just having enough there on offensively to get to score points. And I don't know that the uh, Broncos will have enough offensive or enough to do an offense to make up and keep even with the Packers in that game. I just feel so like that. What is your score prediction for this one? I don't think it's going to be extremely high, but I could see maybe like 
24 17 maybe maybe even I think like 20, 20 going, to 20 to 13 that's what i was gonna say 20 to 13 like i think 20 to 14 20 i think 13, yeah green bay tends to strike early especially in these big games obviously they're not at home that's that's a big detriment uh back to back really tough games for green bay they're at denver this week and then obviously at carolina the next week so back-to-back games against currently undefeated teams but i think they strike first maybe get a touchdown or two in the first half and then you know kind of just try to pack it in and, and win games as they've they've kind of done the last couple of years you know it, as good as this offense has been i feel like they focus more on being efficient than they have on just keep pounding it at teams like new england they don't care they're going you know for lack of a better term they're going balls to the wall uh, for the full game and I feel like once Green Bay gets comfortable with the lead they just they just do all they can to protect it I think that's could, where that could kind of end up uh, what we could end up seeing on, on Sunday night but certainly a lot to look forward to in week eight um, a lot of big games this week after you know what was kind of a mild week seven but um, that does it for us I mean, we'll wrap this up right around 30 minutes hopefully uh, get some insight before you set those daily lineups this weekend again we are sponsored by no halftime the newest way to create fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups you can download it today at no halftime.com <laughs> 